Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast, available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Happy New Year and a welcome back. This is the British Ice Hockey Podcast, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Elite Ice Hockey League, as we're going to be joined by Sheffield Steelers head coach Aaron Fox. We're also going to be talking about the Nottingham Panthers and the Continental Cup. We're also going to be talking Team Canada's Spengler Cup victory in Switzerland with the Cardiff Devils forward Blair Riley. And we're going to be talking about the game in Scotland. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads and loads and loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Uh, We are going to be previewing uh, this weekend's matches in the Continental Cup uh, as the Nottingham Panthers travel to Denmark in the Super Final. We're going to be joined... Uh, by a bit of a legend uh, from Nottingham Panthers, uh, David Clark will be joining us on this week's show. We're also going to be talking about the domestic game as we're going to be joined by Sheffield Steelers head coach Aaron Fox. And as I said earlier, a great piece on BritishIceHockey.co.uk about ice hockey in air and the future for the Air Bruins. And uh, later we're going to be hearing from chairman of the Air Bruins, Eric Young. Uh, but without further ado, let's start at the beginning of the show and uh, let's have a look back now at all the results from last weekend in the Elite Ice Hockey League as well as the National Ice Hockey League. And uh, on Tuesday, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own. Here's Craig Anderson. Uh, so, Craig, a big thank you for joining us uh, this week, and uh, we're back into the swing of things now after the, the Christmas break and the New Year break, and, uh, well, some things don't change, and uh, the Sheffield Steelers still out in front, and uh, they've opened up a five-point gap now. The main talking point, I think, at the weekend was the attendance more than anything. It was a fantastic effort by the Steelers. Magnificent. You know, 9,200 people in the, the Fly DSA arena 
is extraordinary and you have to give a lot of credit to, to the Sheffield Steelers and the guys that work there behind the scenes to do the work they have and getting that amount of people in. I don't think ice hockey's seen an attendance like that in this country for a, for a long, long time. And as somebody pointed out on Twitter, the fact that it, was, it wasn't it was a game against a rival or a, you know, either a title rival or Nottingham Panthers, um, irrespective of the fact that it was £5 a ticket, 9,000 people on a Saturday night just after Christmas. Well done to them. And, I, you know, I'd like to see more attendances like that. And knowing the, the guys at Steelers, they're always looking for, for new ways to get people through the door. So I dare say they'll, they'll look to try and achieve that again soon. Sheffield there, superb. And, and superb on the ice, uh, a great 6-2 win over Guildford. Yeah, Guildford. We, we spoke last week about Guilford and their, their form's taken a bit of a dip in recent weeks. That's just continued again with that result on Saturday. Sheffield were at their, their swashbuckling best, uh, going by some of the, the goals I saw online over the course of the weekend. Brendan Connolly's been in fantastic form. That took him up to, I think it was 21 consecutive games where he scored at least a point in a league game. So he was going well. But we've, we've always spoken about the, the depth and scoring that, that Sheffield have got. And they did it again, picking up six at home. Um, you know, they're, they're way ahead of, of the other teams in terms of accumulative goals that they've got throughout the season so far. Um, as we speak, 149. I think the nearest team to them is Coventry with 117. So that just shows you exactly... Um, just how prolific they are in front of goal. And that was a, a great win for them to start the weekend and strengthen that, that spot at the top of the table, um, which they, they, are, they are coveting very much. Yeah, and they followed that up, um, sadly for you, Craig, obviously, but they followed that up on, <laughs> on Sunday night with a, a great 5-3 win at Glasgow as well. So uh, Sheffield on fire at the moment, uh, but uh, the Steelers have played four games more than Cardiff. wasn't... Uh, it wasn't a, a, a great weekend for Cardiff. Uh, Manchester Storm beat them by four goals to one on Saturday. They did beat five Flyers on Sunday, uh, 6-4, but there was a bit of a scare in that one as well. There was a bit of a scare, um, but Fife, have, uh, we, can, yes. we can talk a little bit later about Fife, but the bottom line for Cardiff is they got the result. They got two late goals, which sort of... Um, secured the victory in the end and that's all Andrew Lord would have been caring about the fact that they get more goals than the other team especially in response to as you alluded to that result on Saturday where they did lose 4-1 to a Manchester Storm team that I think many people would have expected them to win we all know Manchester's a tricky place to go to um, so Andrew Lord wouldn't have been happy with that I don't think he was going by the interview I saw anyway but well done to Manchester though that's a terrific result and again they're just picking up points here and there and keeping themselves going and keeping themselves in the hunt for that top eight spot. So a great result for them. Cardiff, it was important they bounced back on Sunday and that they did against a team who, in, in Fife, who seem to be quite bereft of confidence right now. And the Storm now in, in the playoff places, uh, leapfrogging uh, over Fife. Uh, let's touch upon Fife then. Uh, they, were, they were also beaten. Uh, following a shootout, admittedly, against uh, against Glasgow on, on Saturday, there's there's glimmers, isn't there, of, of performances, but but not enough really at the moment to, to fill people with confidence, I, I, I suppose. No, um, there's an apathy around Fife Flyers right now. Um, I, I wrote about it in my Monday after blog about the situation at Fife right now. Um, it seems to be, I think we touched upon it last week or the week before, the management seemed to be just leaving the team to their own devices and it's detrimental. Todd Dutiam, that the coach has, has spoken about the need to bring in a couple of bodies to refresh things and, and recharge them a little bit. And it seems to be falling on deaf ears right now. Why would we just don't know? I know the local media guys up there are trying to get an interview with the management to try and find out exactly what's going on and what the, the direction is. Um, I got a lot of uh, positive feedback on that article yesterday. A lot of people saying I, I hit the nail on the head, um, which is unusual because five flyers are usually <laughs> the fans are usually quite to get on my case <laughs> because of my my uh, my clan association. But 
they're, they're frustrated, they're unhappy. You know, you, you've seen it for quite some time now. It's been a build-up over time. Um, I know Todd doesn't help himself by not playing the, the Brits more. He tends to lean more on the import guys, and, and that's that's his that's his want. That's his uh, that's his job as a coach to to decide the best thing for the team. But the fact they've tumbled into those bottom two places on the back of the results is is a bit of a worry. You know, it's whether they can get themselves out of that. Dundee have changed things around. Manchester have changed a couple of things around in the past as well. So five really need to get motoring. By all accounts, a better performance in the game on Saturday against Plan compared to the one in, in New Year's Eve, where quite frankly I thought they were they were absolutely hopeless. Um, there were positive signs, but they did get a point. I suppose that's one thing you could take from from that game. And then going to Cardiff was always going to be a tall order for them. I must say that goal by Danny Gauthier in Cardiff on Sunday is a thing of absolute beauty where he takes it from his own defensive zone, um, skates forward and comes inside and manages to beat Ben Bounds. A fantastic goal. If you've not seen that yet, check it out. But no, uh, a lot of things going on in Fife right now and they, they need something to get the fans back on board. And the way the season's going, it's just going to slip away. Uh, well, uh, this weekend, uh, four or five, they're travelling to Coventry on Saturday and they'll be hosting the Manchester Storm on Sunday, which is a, a mammoth game at this stage of the season, that one there on, on Sunday. So it um, should, should be a cracker, 6.30 uh, face-off in that one. Um, let's talk about the Belfast Giants. Uh, one win for them over the weekend, over the Coventry Blaze, uh, 4-1. But then Coventry bounced back, uh, the perfect answer to Saturday's defeat, with a 4-1 win. On Sunday, yeah, interesting couple of results. Those two, I was, I was quite interested to see how those would pan out. Again, Belfast are a team that, you know, just when we think that they're, they're hitting that that stride that we've been waiting for, they, they seem to falter. And we saw it last week in the games against the Dundee Stars, where they, they lost the, the they lost at home to the Stars, and then had to sort of scrape to to get a victory against them late on in the return game in Dundee. And again, they've split the results again here. A terrific 4-1 win at home. You can't take anything away from it. Rickard Palmberg again, um, showing just how useful a player he's becoming with another couple of goals for them in the win on Saturday. And then on Sunday, a complete reverse. Coventry turn it back round again. Andrew Johnson with a couple of goals for them. Coventry still nicely nestled in that. Just run about mid-table spot. Sixth place they're in right now. Scoring goals, as I mentioned earlier, they've got the second highest goals scored so far in the league so far. And... I think they'd be quite happy where they are right now compared to, to the other teams. As long as they're not scraping into the playoffs, and right now they're in no danger of that. Barring a real disaster if they hit a, a real lull in form and that they're dragged back into it. But no, reasonably comfortable so far. And I think Danny Stewart, if you'd offered him that at the start of the weekend, I think he would have taken that. Mm, I think so. Uh, well, just to, just to um, say about Belfast Giants, obviously in third place on Friday, they'll be hosting the Sheffield Steelers. Just a just a minor game there in the, the Elite Ice Hockey <laughs> League. Um, and uh, Belfast then travelling to Surrey on Sunday uh, to take on the Guildford Flames, incidentally. Um, let's talk about the team currently sitting in fourth position. That's the Nottingham Panthers. They're not playing this weekend in the league. They've got uh, they've got a lot on their plate though this weekend. Um, the, the Continental Cup is back in view on uh, starting on Friday in in Denmark. Um, it's it's a big weekend coming up for Nottingham, and uh, they started well with that that clean slate against the Storm on Sunday. Yep, they absolutely needed that. They, you know, the, the thing about going into a European competition like that is making sure that your own form is is you know good enough that you can go in there with a bit of confidence. 
and that's certainly the case for the Nottingham Panthers. You know, they they, they needed penalty shots to get past Dundee Stars on Saturday. Dundee produced a fantastic comeback and nearly got something from it. Well, they did get something from it. And um, the Stars came away with a point, but Panthers got the the second point. So it was a victory all in. And then to shut out Manchester Storm on Sunday um, was terrific. Uh, Sam Hare, who we talked about last week, getting another couple of goals on the board. He's really becoming a a big big player for for Nottingham Panthers right now. So it'll be interesting to see him take that form into the European uh, arenas this week when they return to Denmark for the Continental Cup final group. Again, the Panthers going quite well overall, sitting in fourth, as you say, Ben. 40 points, level with Belfast Giants, level with games as well, so no real advantage for either team. Um, so they're, they're sitting nicely um, behind that top three and, and, and could strike um, waiting for the, the other teams to, to falter. We'll have to wait and see with, with them. And in, uh, when it comes to uh, BritishIceHockey.co.uk, um, you've been Busy this week uh, with, with preparation uh, ahead of the Continental Cup, and you've been speaking to one player in particular. Yeah, I was speaking to uh, Sonar Yiska's player, uh, Frederick Bierum, um, whose brother Erasmus plays for Glasgow Clan, so you can see the link there. Um, I spoke to, to Frederick about the weekend and you know how, how things are shaping up for, for his team over there and talking about their previous meeting with the Panthers, which Frederick didn't. Um, didn't play in, but he, he gave a little bit of insight from the team's point of view. So it was an interesting chat. We'll get that out before the, the end of the week, ahead of the weekend. And um, let's hope the Panthers can do what they did in 2017 and bring back more European success for the Elite League. Well, uh, before that interview with Frederick, which we'll play in a second or two, uh, let's have a bit of perspective uh, from the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, you caught up, Craig, with uh, Dave Clark, uh, a legend at the Nottingham Panthers this week for his assessment on how the Panthers are shaping up heading in to the Continental Cup. Clark, it's the day before the start of the Continental Cup weekend. What kind of feeling will there be among the Nottingham Panthers players right now as they look ahead? I think there'll be quite a bit of excitement, to be honest. Um, obviously got through the previous round very well. Um, guys will be used to playing in that environment same location that they went through um, the first round as well. So they kind of know the facility and one of the teams are going to be coming up against. So, yeah, I think it'll be quite quietly confident and definitely excited to get into, you know, the main main chunk of that tournament. Now, you'll have to remind me, did you play in the, the one in 2017? Obviously, you were part of the coaching staff, but did you get playing that weekend? I did. Yeah, no, I, I didn't play in the finals weekend. No, I had concussion. Right. Um, so I actually coached in that 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 last stage, um, which was which was different. But again, mm. probably an unbelievable. At the time, it was very frustrating. But yeah. as I now I'm retired to have you know to to have coached at that tournament at that stage, and you know obviously supporting Corey at that point was you know a kind of definitely a a great perspective, I guess, of the game, which one, you know, it's pretty, pretty privileged to kind of to do that, I guess, because not that we wanted it to happen, but it did. And I guess, you know, fortunate enough, to, fortunate a, a lot to win whilst playing. But again, like, you know, to experience like, especially a tournament that's so intense over three days and obviously fairly prestigious to be, to be able to be behind the bench for that was pretty cool too. And that's it. It's quite full on compared to what you would normally um, go through in a normal season. As you say, it's all condensed. It's all happening over the course of three days. You barely get a chance to breathe and, it, and it's all over. How much of a challenge is that? It's challenging because, you know, the outcomes can still depend on what other teams do with those games. You know, like you, you can win your first two games and, you know, you can go into that third game and it's still have to win that last game to win. And alternatively, you can lose both your first two games in overtime and still go into that last game and you know, winner takes all. So it, because it's only a, you know, a four-team round robin, it does kind of 
you can't rest on anything. You you have no idea, you know, what's going to happen. And it's a very strategic kind of environment because it's three games in three days. And obviously, you know, you don't want to burn out your players straight out off the bat because you might need them in, you know, in that, in that final game as well. So a lot of it comes down to bench management, coaching of the, the systems that are played because you need to be able to perform for... 360 consecutive minutes right and 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 produce a good every night so it's definitely a, a good challenge from a coaching perspective because every player wants to just be out there and play every minute but in reality to be able to do that with a with a limited with a short bench is impossible so you know utilizing the, the talent that the Panthers have got across four lines is, is definitely going to be key. Now, of course, it's a different team from the team you you, you were involved in um, three, four years ago. Mm. Robert Lakovic is still there, of course. Mark Matheson's won it with a previous team. Um, Rick, of course, who you work with on the bench, he's, he's still part of the, mm. the setup as well. How much can their experience help the, the Panthers when it comes to these three games? I think going going through the process is obviously, that makes it a lot more comfortable, a lot more normal. But again, with, with them going back to the same location, which... They've been successful in, you know, a couple of a number of weeks ago, um, playing one of the competition, one of the teams that they they did well against. I, I don't think, I think it's a collective kind of experience they can all lean on. Um, obviously, you know, Lacko Ollie was a part of that team as well, course, which yeah. won it, and you say Mark Matheson has had success in the competition too. But I think ultimately, I think as a group, you know, they're playing well at the moment, uh, which is great to see. Um, they've done well in that competition in Denmark in the same, you know, so it's, it's, I guess it's just a case of going to do what they've done before. Arguably, the competition will be slightly stronger. But again, once you get into that flow, um, you know, any, any, it's, it, anything can happen. You know, you, even if you win that game, you still have to produce a good. So the fact that they've been through it in the same place already together as a collective, I think, puts them in really good stead. If it was going to a different location, if they are going to Belarus, then, you know, yeah, you definitely need to lean on a bit more experience, I would think. Guys that have been there before and maybe done it or, you know, a little bit, you know, more senior guys. But I think because they've done it as a collective already in that same arena, I think that, you know, that probably puts them in a really good, really good step. I want to ask you about Tim Wallace, um, who came into the the club just earlier this year, taking over from the, the job Rick had done previously last year. What have you made of, of Tim's progress as a coach as, as he's gone through the season to, to this point where we are now? I just think it's, it's grown, hasn't it? I think, you know, coming into Nottingham is always going to be a different, different challenge to what he had last year. Him and uh, Guy Doucette have always had their intentions to, to build a, a winning team. And it's it's been a bit of a progress to now. But I think the pieces that they've brought in, in Hansen and Talbot and Pavart, who have come in, the change they've made have had, had a massive impact on the team. And that's enabled them to kind of find what was potentially missing at, at the front end of the season. And now, you know, you probably look at the Panthers as being one of the informed teams in the league. And, you know, I'd say they're 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 one and they are right in the mix when you look at the standings. So, you know, obviously Sheffield got out to a great start. Belfast seemed to, you know, find it, dip off, find it again. Cardiff seemed to be the, the team which is probably the most consistent at the moment. But I wouldn't put Panthers too far behind that group because they're consistently beaten, you know, the Cardiffs and, and the Belfast as well. So I think now they've made those adjustments. Tim's made those adjustments. I think he's, he's definitely been sitting there really happy with what he's got and uh, definitely looking forward to the, you know, the, the back half of the season. So, yeah, it's been exciting and good to follow.
Nottingham Panthers legend David Clark there speaking with our very own Craig Anderson heading into this weekend's super final in the Continental Cup. Uh, as you said earlier, Craig, you caught up with Frederick Bierum. He'll be taking to the ice for Danish show Sunday-esque uh, this weekend. Uh, you caught up with him earlier in the week, uh, so let's hear his thoughts heading into this weekend's Continental Cup. Frederick, it's the Continental Cup final weekend. It's in your home arena. First of all, how much are you looking forward to this event taking place? Well, it's exciting to, to play different teams than, than the normal Danish league all the time. Uh, we had the, the honour to, to host the, the semi-finals too, where, where Nottingham came to, to our rink. And and it was it was a good event, and and luckily we we got to have it again. So we're looking forward to to see all the fans and all the fans from from different cities too. So so we're we're looking really much forward to it. Do you think having the event in your home arena will will give you perhaps a bit of an advantage over the other teams? Uh, honestly, I don't think so because it's it's a game like every every game, every other game, and and I think uh, we saw in the semifinals that Nottingham had a good crowd coming too. So. I think it's it's a different kind of hockey when it's Continental Cup. It's not the league where it's the home team having the advantage. Sometimes I think it's everybody playing a different game. So I, I won't see an advantage, but we're looking forward to host the, the event. Now, you mentioned you, you do play Nottingham. You played them in the last round as well. They beat you 4-2 in that last game. What did you learn from them that day that you can use this weekend? Yeah, uh, unlucky. I was I was out with a small injury, but, but I saw the game and like... Before the game, we were we were through to the finals, and Nottingham had everything to to come for. They came out really really good, and they're up four and off, and uh, as I remember, and and we come a little back, but yeah, it was it was a game that was like done after second period, I think. So so we can take that they're really good with the puck. They're they're skilled team. They got some some experienced guys. So so we have to come with some speed to beat them. That's for sure. And of course, you have them in the first game on Friday. How important is that first game to set the tone for the, the full weekend? Oh, it's it's really important. Like it's 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 the must win game Friday where where like if, if you lose that game you it, it's not in your hands anymore to win the tournament. So so to start to win on Friday it, it's it's definitely the most important game. Now the two other teams in the group are Krakow of Poland and Neyman Grodno of Belarus. And what would winning this competition mean to Sona Yiska with the, the benefits that there is, including Champions Hockey League qualification, possibly? Oh, it'll mean a big thing for the, for the, for the club. And we can, we can also feel it the, from, from the board side and the fan side. It's, it's a big thing when, when, a, when a continental tournament shows up in, in, in Denmark. Because if you, you play all Danish teams like year-round, it, it's... It's it's not as exciting as when 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 things come from from international perspective. So, so it's it's a big event, and as you said, like it will open up for, for Champions League next year too. And uh, I think uh, we'll do everything that we can to to win that tournament. Frederick Bierum there from uh, Sondiesk, and uh, a big good luck to the Nottingham Panthers this weekend in the Continental Cup. And uh, when it comes to um, the back to the Elite Ice Hockey League, we touched upon the Guildford Flames. They're currently sitting in fifth position. The gap now between Guildford in fifth and Nottingham in fourth is seven points. Admittedly, Guildford have got uh, two games in hand over Belfast and Nottingham, who are seven points up the road. Uh, but that's that's getting quite large now, isn't it? So uh, that, that's that lower half of the table, uh, especially Guildford and Coventry and, and, and Glasgow need to string some results, especially with Nottingham not being in action this weekend. 
Yeah, absolutely, and it's a chance for these other teams to, to get points when Nottingham uh, are out of action this weekend. Guildford, it's a bit worrying, you know, we, we talked about them so well this season, how they've been going about their business under the radar and all that kind of chat. Now they've lost six out of the last seven, um, so yeah, a bit of a gap has opened up. It's going to take one of these teams to go on a bit of a run um, to, to try and claw that, that deficit back a little bit. But yeah, seven points is... It's quite the gap right now between uh, Nottingham and fourth and Guildford and, and sixth, as you say. Uh, Coventry in the middle there, they, they've got the same number of points uh, as, as Guildford. So, yeah, we're starting to see a, a top four and a bottom six. Um, so this weekend could be quite interesting to, to see how that how that, painter, that picture's painted further um, as we go. A three-point weekend for Dundee. Good weekend again for Dundee. That They're plodding along quite nicely all of a sudden. Yeah, they've suddenly found some winning form, and that was kick-started on Boxing Day when they beat when they beat Fife, and then beat them again uh, a couple of nights later. And since then, that they've rolled on victory in Belfast, um, but losing at home to Belfast at the turn of the year. And as you say, their three-point weekend, um, taking a point from uh, Nottingham in the Motor Point Arena on Saturday after penalty shots, but a fantastic victory um, to, to win six-two in Surrey. Uh, you know, that's probably I think that's the longest journey in the Elite League to go from Dundee all the way down to Guildford. I think I actually sat and worked it out a while back. It's, it's a little bit more than it is from Dundee to Cardiff. Would you believe that used to be the the previous one? Um, but you need to give a special shout to, to Kevin Defour who got a hat-trick in that game. Defour's been absolutely excellent for Dundee in recent weeks. A real uh, a real player for Omar Pasha, a guy you can lean on. Um, so that's great news for them. They're still bottom of the table, though. That's the thing. Um, but they have, they have closed that gap a little bit. Fife will be looking a little bit uneasy. Um, as Dundee are only a point behind them, although the Stars have played a, a game more. But Manchester in eighth place. So those playoff places are very much in sight for Dundee Stars. But the thing we've seen with the Stars this year is they can go on great runs for five, six, seven games and then all of a sudden you know, the, the backside falls out of it a little bit and they end up eight, nine, ten games on the spin um, with, with, with some adverse results. So they have to keep that going. You know, It's a critical time of the year where the teams really start making their... Um, making their objectives known, and Dundee are no different. They have to, they have to keep winning, have to keep the run going, and they'll be hoping they can do that in the next, uh, the next few weeks. Well, uh, Dundee uh, this weekend will be hosting Guildford on Saturday, and uh, they'll be travelling to Cardiff on Sunday. So, uh, not an easy weekend uh, coming up uh, for, nope. for Dundee. Uh, other matches uh, this weekend, then uh, Glasgow taking on Coventry on Friday night, alongside that massive game uh, in in Ireland. Belfast taking on the Sheffield. Steel is huge that one. Co- on Saturday we've got Coventry taking on five, which again is is a is a huge game at this stage of the season. Uh, Manchester Storm hosting Cardiff, uh, Dundee hosting Guildford, as we said, and then on Sunday Sheffield hosting Glasgow, Guildford hosting Belfast, Cardiff hosting Dundee, and Manchester will be travelling to Fife again. A huge game in the Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, the games are coming uh, thick and fast. Uh, let's talk about the, the National Ice Hockey League uh, before we go. And uh, we we were debating last week, you know, could could Telford be clawed back this weekend? Um, the answer is a bit of an emphatic no. Uh, Peter Phantoms six, uh, Telford Tigers eight. Blimey, Charlie. And then uh, that followed up a Saturday win uh, for Telford at the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Swindon Wildcats on Saturday, incidentally, had a thumping victory. They beat the Raiders uh, by nine goals to two. But then Hull Pirates beat Swindon on Sunday by six goals to five. Therefore, the gap up at the top now for Telford is seven points and Telford do have a game in hand. It's quite remarkable, the form at the Tigers at the moment. Yep, it's really hard to see um, who's going to be able to stop them. I think even at this relatively early stage of the 
the season still, you would still think there's going to be a team that's going to push on and, and try and claw them back a little bit. I don't see it personally. Um, I really think that, that they've they've made this their own now. You know, as you say, seven points clear at the top. Do you take that game in hand into account? Let's assume for the, for the sake of argument they win that one. Then you're talking about a nine-point lead at the top. And Swindon have faltered in recent weeks as well. It's just hard to see how anybody's going to be able to claw them back. I think that's something like six or seven, eight or nine wins or something, I think, just as I look at the screen very quickly. But a great run of form um, from the Telford Tigers, especially going away to Peterborough, which is a notoriously difficult venue, and getting a fantastic victory. Dominic Florian getting a hat-trick for the Tigers. So he played a, he played a big part in helping them secure that win, not to mention um, two and two for Jason Silverthorne. Swindon, they've they done it again. They went and faltered. They went to Hull, a place that they maybe thought they could have got a victory in. Um, especially after that thumping 9-2 win over the Raiders on Saturday and they, they slip up with a, a 6-2 defeat and you just wonder if Swindon have got enough about them to, to bring it back and it was, a, it was a late one as well, it was a late power play goal um, they lost Bobby Chamberlain um, from Hull Pirates getting that late, late winner which sunk them in the end and I think Aaron Nell is going to be I think it was one of those ones, he maybe sat in the locker room after the game with his head in his hands just wondering just where it, where it went wrong for them but no, I think it's hard to see past Tigers right now. I'd still hope that there's going to be a team that's going to that's going to claw something back on them. But they are in great form right now, and I I, I did say I think back at the very beginning, the most consistent team will be the team that that, that wins this league. And right now, it's looking like Telford. Uh, speaking of teams who are banging for Milton Keynes Lightning are, are developing quite a run. It's wow, four, four straight wins now for for the Lightning. A nine-four win over the whole Pirates, who, who, as we said, followed up with a win uh, against Swindon. So that that's that's a hell of a result for Milton Keynes on Saturday. Uh, and uh, they 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 then beat Bracknell on the road uh, by five goals to four. Um, it was going to be a slow burner for Milton Keynes, obviously this season, but it's it's burning now. That's for sure. Seven out of eight in the the last eight games now, fantastic for them. It seems to be um, since the arrival of Liam Stewart's given them that that little bit of spark. And Liam, um, I should mention, has been shortlisted for Player of the Month for December um, by the NIHL. So well done to him. He's been shortlisted alongside Alex Graham of the Sheffield Steel Dogs and Dominic Gabage of the the Bracknell Bees. Hope I've pronounced that right. So. Deserve it, and I think that's a reflection of the form that Milton Keynes are in right now. When you look at the table, and let's whisper it, they're only five points away from third place. Who'd have saw that coming um, when we spoke about them back in November when results weren't going their way and they were really toiling? So fantastic for them. Well done to Lewis Clifford and, and the guys at Milton Keynes for, for turning that around. That's a, a phenomenal run of results. And you know what? I could see them getting that third place the way things are going for them right now. Basingstoke are currently in third. Peterborough and Hull are just above them. And they, they've, they have a tendency to drop points. So, you know, you can see that happening in the next few weeks if things keep going as they are. But we'll have to wait and see. But well done, Milton Keynes. That's a, a great achievement to get themselves back into, into, some, kind of, uh, into some kind of form. And uh, well done as well to the Raiders. Uh, we touched upon their 9-2 defeat uh, at Swindon on Saturday. Uh, but they're now out of the bottom two. Uh, that follows a 10-6 win over the Leeds Chief. You certainly get entertainment, don't you, in the in the National Ice Hockey League this season, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Leeds Chiefs themselves did pick up a win over the weekend. They beat Bratnell uh, by five goals to two on Saturday. Um, so uh, it's 10 points the gap now between Leeds and Bracknell and the Raiders. Uh, it's still quite sizable, uh, but uh, a good weekend for the Raiders, getting them clawing, clawing in Bracknell into it's that battle down at the bottom. Yeah, well done, Raiders. A big re- result for them on Sunday against the Elite Chiefs as, as well. 
um, and a great bounce back from the defeat to, to Swindon on Saturday. So, you know, good to see them in the top eight. If I'm a Bracknell, Bracknell fan, I'd be a little bit worried right now. You know, those two games at the weekend were home games um, against you know the bottom of the table side and, OK, Milton Keynes, who have hit a bit of a hot streak right now. So I think the fans will be quite disappointed in that. Overall, the, the form throughout December was was quite disappointing. Um, I think some of the five defeats out of six has, has dragged them into that kind of area, which is disappointing for them. They've only they've won 11 games out of 30 this year, 25 points. So that top eight is going to be quite interesting to see how it pans out. Leeds, I think we can discount Leeds out of it. I think there's there's too much going on at Leeds right now to to for them to really mount a challenge to make the top eight. Again, this season's all about a learning curve. They'll, they'll take the positives out of it. However, they did get that fantastic result on Saturday. Well done to them. But no, Bracknell, I think, are the worry right now. If they don't start hitting form soon, it will be a concern um, for them. Uh, let's uh, just before just before we go, uh, there's uh, a couple of bits and bobs we need to talk about. Obviously, here on British Ice Hockey Podcast, we're here to to cheerlead British Ice Hockey, put a spotlight on it, amplify it. The website doing some cracking blogs and stories and that kind of thing to try and you know raise awareness of the sport. But ultimately. Um, it takes very odd things to get the sport trending in this country. And in this case, uh, I'd like to bring everyone's attention to a referee who forgot to bring his trousers. Um, that's... <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of stories involving referees. Um, the way we were talking before we started recording, you had me thinking Tom Darnell forgot his trousers. No, that's not quite the case at all. Tom is the referee that's retired um, from the Elite League. We'll talk about him in just a second. But yeah, Richard Belfort, poor Richard. Turns up for the, the game between Peterborough Phantoms and Telford on Sunday and then realised he didn't have his, his uh, proper refereeing equipment trousers um, that they need. Obviously, they've got special padding in them because of the, the you know the, the, the likelihood that they'll get hit by pucks along the way. Um, so, I, I dare say they managed to sort something out. Face-off was only delayed by 15 minutes, thankfully. Um, but I dare say Richard might have got a telling off from his mum <laughs> about forgetting his stuff. Um, uh, and uh, we mentioned uh, Tom, Tom Darnell as well. He's, he's retiring after 22 seasons uh, on the ice. Uh, that's that's quite a <clears throat> that's quite a shift he's put in there for the sport. Yeah, Tom is one of the good guys um, in, in British ice hockey, and I think the game will be a lot poorer for his absence. Uh, I have had the privilege of, of working with Tom. Um, through various media things I've done my couple of years with the league as well but where Tom was good enough to help out with, with one or two things as well um, seen as, as arguably one of the best referees in the league in recent years certainly since the retirement of Maury Hansen um, Tom took great pride in what he did he, he was very much a hashtag team stripes kind of guy very supportive of his colleagues and, and everybody around him um, always good at you know, explaining decisions if you ever asked them, um, and you're going to miss that. Yeah, it's, it's too easy to, to have a pop at referees. I've always been an advocate of referees and the job they do in this country. Tom very much epitomised that, and uh, you know, it's sad to see him go, but he's he's made his decision that there's things going on in his life that's made him decide it's maybe time to to hang up the whistle and hang up the stripes, and that's fine. So we wish him all the, the very best of luck. It's been a pleasure working with him and we wish him all the best for the future. Yes, absolutely. And let's talk about, uh, just before we go, BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Uh, one article in particular, it's uh, something that you've been working very hard on, Craig, uh, Ice Hockey in Air. The petition has been has been developing quite nicely uh, since, since the article and uh, that's the power of journalism, I suppose. It, it puts a spotlight on something and uh, hopefully it will have positive results, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I wrote that, that piece. It's been a work in progress for a little while, so we're finally glad to, to get it out over the weekend. And the response to it has been absolutely magnificent. Uh, I, I live in Ayrshire, so there's a little bit of a local aspect from my point of view. I'm not from here. I'm actually from a town called East Kilbride, 
Um, but I, I moved down here. My, my wife was a former Air Eagle season ticket holder, as is her family. Um, so straight away, I, I knew that the power of what ice hockey meant to the people of Air, and that's been followed on since Brayhead Clan, as it was, was formed. They leaned on a lot of the support down this way as well. Um, that, that's brought them on. The petition has been magnificent. I'm looking at it right now, and I think we're about 13 names away from the, the target of uh, 2,500, which is great. We, we keep plugging that. Um, the guys at Air, I know I've, I've had many people contact, and I'm in response to the article looking to help, looking to you know basically find out ways of, of trying to help things for Air Bruins and, and help things at the rink as well. So the response has been magnificent. I thank you to everybody who, who has read and, and reacted and you're know, taking the time to, to provide feedback as well. That's always greatly appreciated. Hopefully um, that there's some happy news at the end of it. I think it's a lot of it's dependent on, on local council stuff and local politics and all that. And that's a, that's a different realm for me altogether. But here's hoping for a happy ending and hopefully those kids will have somewhere to play in the long term. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk catching up with us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast on Tuesday. Uh, just to say, we will be hearing more about the Air Bruins and that situation there with ice hockey in the west of Scotland as we'll be joined by Air Bruins chairman Eric Young later in the show. But let's stick now with the Elite Ice Hockey League. And as we were discussing there with Craig, the Sheffield Steelers now have opened up a five-point gap up at the top of the table. And joining me now to discuss the Steelers in a bit more detail, we should be joined by the welcome return of head coach, it's Aaron Fox. Well, Aaron, a big happy new year to you and uh, and welcome back to the show. Uh, before we get to on the ice, uh, just to get your thoughts on on Saturday's attendance against Guildford, over 9,100 there, that's, that's a phenomenal effort, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the last few games here, it's been pretty special in our building. Um, great atmosphere, again, you know, that's why we've got the best fans in the league. That's that's for sure. So it's been fun to see Boys of Love did give them a little bump that way and hopefully keep it rolling here. And it's fully deserved as well, isn't it, that you're getting that level of attention because uh, the performances your boys are putting in as well have, have been pretty exceptional stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the more you win, the more people want to come watch you, and that's normal in this business. You know, but the, the Christmas game and the New Year's Day game and then obviously the... That Saturday after that was with 9,200 on a, you know, on a normal $5 game. That was pretty fun, pretty fun atmosphere. And uh, a convincing performance uh, against Guildford, uh, but a, a different kind of performance on the road against Glasgow on Sunday. That that too must be pleasing the way your your team dug deep and, and got the result. Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, we're on a nice run here right now and we're finding ways to win hockey games. Um, even maybe when we're not playing our best, we're still been, Underman, you know, I feel like we got the best Brit forward in Robert Dowd, who's been out of our lineup now, and, and probably the best Brit D in the league, and Ben O'Connor, who's been out of our lineup. So you can't replace those guys with imports, um, you know, and it's it's been tough not having those two guys. But again, we're finding a ways to win hockey games right now. It just kind of shows what, what a resilient group we got. And when we were discussing, um, we were just having a little chat there with, with Craig about about the performances. Um, and it'd be wrong to single out individual players, but but Brendan Connolly certainly had a good weekend. Yeah, Brendan's been really good. Um, you know, he didn't get anything on that Sunday game. His his streak kind of ran out there, but he's been doing so many little things. You know, even that you don't see on the score sheet. His faceoff play has been unreal. His, his box play has been really really good. Um, you know, he's just he's kind of turned into one of those guys who's very instrumental in this run 
Now, where are you tracking uh, as we're headed to the second half of the season? Uh, where, where are you tracking versus your own expectations? Because, you know, you're getting crowds of over 9,000 there. You're, you're top of the league. You're, you're scoring a lot of goals. Um, I mean, the good times are back at Sheffield, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this, I think, in a couple of our previous podcasts. Like, our, our goal right now at this point of the year was to be to be in the mix for some championships. Um you know, we've, we've really been fighting the injury bug. I think we've dealt with a ton of adversity. And for us to still be there right now is, is I think, huge for the club. Um, so I, I'm right where we want to be. It's, it's nice to be chased at this time of the year. Um, you know, I do know we have the games at hand, so we got to keep winning here. But I, I think we're giving ourselves a chance to be relevant down the stretch, which is, you know, which was our main goal. Uh, some tricky games uh, this weekend, though, uh, coming up for, for yourselves. Obviously, a home game against Glasgow on, on Sunday uh, and an away trip to Belfast. Uh, so you've got the, the travel aspect there as well. Yeah, I mean, I think every game here now, we got 20 games left. Every game's a tough one. You, you look through the league, everyone still is beating everyone in this league right now. So you can't have you can't take nights off. Um, you know, I got to we're coaching and competing like these are playoff games at the moment for us. And. You know, we've got a short lineup, but everybody's buying in and, and doing the little things that need to be done to win hockey games at the moment. And uh, I'd imagine as well that the, the crowd, the fans can't wait to get down there on Sunday for that Glasgow game uh, to, to see some more excellent hockey. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they come in bunches again. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be ready to go tomorrow. We're, we're taking this one game at a time, obviously. We have a big one in Belfast. Uh, you know, I think that the, the start of our run started that second night in Belfast. We kind of got ran out of the building the first night and then we were ready to go on uh, Saturday. Um, and then that was kind of the start. I don't think we've, we've got a point in every game since. So at least a point in every game since that game over a month ago. So it's been a nice month. And again, we got to just continue to do the little things and be ready to battle and, and play for the, for the name on the front of the jersey here. That's, that's what we've been doing. That's why we've been winning. Aaron Fox there, head coach of the Sheffield Steelers, joining us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, let's stick with the Elite League theme now and uh, to the Cardiff Devils. And it was a superb Christmas and New Year for Canadian and Cardiff Devil Blair Riley, who uh, played for Canada in the Spengler Cup. And early in the week, Craig Anderson caught up with Blair for his reaction to what's been a fantastic festive period for the Cardiff Devil forward. Blair, first of all, you're back from your adventure in Davos with Team Canada for the Spengler Cup. How do you look back on those last few days and, and what it meant to you as a player? Yeah, I guess this happened pretty quick, I guess. So it's it's a lot to to kind of think about. Um, but I guess just the main thing is, uh, you know, it was a wonderful experience. Obviously one that I wasn't expecting. Um, came as a shock and, uh, you know, something that happened really fast as well. Like it, it happened right after the... Uh, 22nd home game I, I just got a quick call after the game and uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it prepare for it and just had to basically say yes or no so yeah the week f- kind of flew by quickly but um, you know I got to uh, make some pretty special memories and uh, spend some quality time over Christmas in, uh, in a pretty wonderful place so now you didn't play in the first game against the uh, Osilari Trinets you sat that one out, but it would have been nice, I think, just to soak in the atmosphere and get a feel of the place before you, you did actually skate. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I took the call from Don, he basically said that uh, they had an injury and they were looking to bring an extra forward in. So 
Um, there was going to be 14 forwards and uh, 13 would dress, and you know there was no guarantee that I would get into any game action. That was stated from the get-go. I, I had no expectations of, uh, of of even getting game action, to be honest. So um, I was more than happy to be there to practice and uh, just kind of take in the experience as much as I could and and then just be prepared to play if, if it came to that. So you did get that first game, that first appearance against Davos in the second game of the group. What was it like to, to play there finally? It was special. Um, obviously, they were the home team. Uh very passionate and, and loud fans and in such a unique hockey building. So I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't nervous going to the game. Um, yeah, it's probably the most nervous I've been for, for quite a while. And it was something that I was very excited for. And just being a Canadian hockey player, getting that opportunity to, to put the Maple Leaf jersey on is, you know, it's something that every, every kid grows up dreaming about. So, uh, especially at the holiday time, uh, you know, a lot of people back in Canada tuned into that tournament. I remember watching it growing up as a kid, and um, you know, to be able to actually step foot on the ice was it was amazing. And of course, the team progressed all the way through to the final, which they they eventually won. So when you look back, where does this rank in, in what you've done in your career? Not only playing for your country, which I, I know is a, a big thing for any player, but to actually win the Spengler Cup as well. Where does this rank? Yeah, I mean, it's right right near the top. Um, I guess it's different in the sense that you're only with the group for for about a week, you know. So it's a little bit different than some of the successes I've had with other teams. It's you know, it's kind of a full season that you're building towards, and uh, you just spend a lot more time with with that group over the course of the season. But um, it was definitely special, you know. Anytime you can win a trophy and uh, you know have a good celebration with your teammates. It's something that you'll definitely remember, and um, I was fortunate that I had a lot of friends and family that were following along because the games were were all broadcast on on TSM back home, so they all got to to tune into the games and uh, keep track as we went. So um, they'll all have some good memories from from the thing going forward, and uh, got a lot of good pictures and good videos and lots of things that I'll, I'll definitely cherish for a long time. So you're back. Is there a feeling that the team is finally gelling at last? It took a while, I think, to, for everybody to come together to start building that momentum. I'm looking at um, your results throughout December. It looks as though that there's a feeling there that you guys are coming together. Would that be the case? Yeah, I think you know the results on the ice in the early part of the year probably didn't didn't reflect how the team was together in in the dressing room. Like you know, guys were really gelled as a team early on and. Um, I thought we really had a, a quality focus group and a group that really enjoyed being around each other. And, and I think we felt that if we if we continued improving and uh, working together, which it seemed like everyone was was doing, that eventually the results were gonna was gonna start coming our way. And we've kind of seen the fruits of our labor. Like we we put the work in and we've built a cohesive team that is pretty comfortable in the system that Lorda wants us playing now and. Uh, but it always takes time to to find line combinations, um, you know, to to find out what works for for deep pairings and and power play units. So, it, you know, you always want it to work right off the get go. But there's a there's a learning curve for for every team. It doesn't matter if you know you got 15 returning guys or only five returning guys. There's there's always going to be um, different. 
different players coming in and going on different units and injuries at different times and stuff. So the important thing is that you stick together through kind of the tough times and, and then build towards uh, this time of year and, and hopefully you, you know, hit the ground running and, and are firing when, when it really matters. So uh, that's hopefully where we're headed now. Cardiff Devils and Canadian forward Blair Riley there speaking to our very own Craig Anderson on that Spengler Cup appearance in Switzerland last week. Uh, but it's now time to leave uh, the Elite League to one side and uh, discuss the game at a more grassroots level. And as we were discussing earlier with Craig, the town of Air in West Scotland is facing an uncertain future. Without ice hockey, we fears the last games could be played in the area as early as this season. And uh, for more on this now, on Thursday, I caught up with Air Bruins chairman, here's Eric Young. Well, Eric, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, we've obviously got you on because um, the the story that was on British Ice Hockey that Craig did, um, putting a spotlight on it, the number of petitions, signatures that's been happening over the last week or so is is phenomenal. I mean, what's your take on on the reaction that's been going on in the the local community since the article and and beyond? Um, If I'm honest, I'm amazed. Absolutely amazed at it. The petition, we started the petition quite a week while ago. And initially, we got quite a lot of interest and it kind of died away a wee bit. So, I think Craig got in touch to to do the article. I never expected that it would include, first of all, the petition part in it, but just the, the, the reaction that we've had from all over Scotland, all over Britain, to it has been amazing. People are sharing the petition now, so that's starting to gain momentum again. But um, we've had offers of help from the likes of Nottingham, just a, a guy from Nottingham, not even a an ice hockey official or coach or anything. He's actually an electrician and a plumber. Wow. He's offered to come up and do work for us. It's just been, the reaction has been amazing. And uh, that, that must um, uh, fill your, your heart with joy, really, because at, at the minute, I mean, it must be a bit of a struggle, really, because obviously you, as a group of volunteers and uh, a group of, of people who get involved with, with air brewings, you're keeping ice hockey alive in, in, in air and, and do some cracking work and, and lo- lots of junior players being developed. I mean, it's you must feel like optimistic now or some form of optimism, certainly. There's certainly a lot more optimism now Um We've got, as you mentioned there, we've got a great group of um, coaches. We've got a great group of kids there, parents. We've got the basis of a great club. And it's just a frustration that every step forward we take, we take two steps back because of the facilities. Um, and the biggest frustration is that we've had some great facilities. We've had great ice rinks in there, but we've lost them. You know, they've, they've been, we've lost funding. They've, we've had them taken away, sold off our shopping centres, um, our supermarkets, sorry. It, we've had that infrastructure there and we're now left with something that's not sufficient, that's not fit for purpose. And uh, I was going to, I was going to mention that the the history of of ice hockey. You know, obviously, many people who nineties uh, kids like myself will remember the uh, Scottish Eagles. But I mean, the sport it goes back to the nineteen thirties, doesn't it? In the area, I mean, it's it's got a good history. Yeah, it's got a great history. My my dad actually played. He was one of the original Air Bruins in the nineteen sixties. I think it was nineteen sixty two. But as I say, from from thirty, I think the rink, the original Beresford Terrace rink, was built in nineteen thirty eight. And I think 1939 was the first team that played um, out of here. So you've had like the air Spitfires, air Balmorals. Um, it was dying there. And my grandfather actually, he, him, and Walter Smith, an ex-player, they took on the Bruins and set up air Bruins in 1962. So my dad played 
my uncle Dennis played, my uncle Jimmy played, he also captained Scotland and Great Britain. So I've heard all the stories about here. I've heard my dad just tells me all the, the history, the things that, that happened and the places that they went. Uh, I used to go and support the Bruins in the 80s, watch guys like Big John Kidd, Jim Daly, all these kind of guys. We had the Canadian guys over, like Kevin Conway and Tim Salmon. So it's got a massive history. And we're in danger of losing that now. I was going to add, uh, obviously, when you, uh, you you look at you know what what's being done there uh, up in there, you know, there's some kids are starting that journey now, aren't they, of of developing those yep. stories? But the facilities themselves, it, for them to be able to to take those steps into you know uh, advanced teenage years and into the the adult game, the facilities have to have to go up, don't they? Yeah, without a doubt, we're we're losing kids for all the good work that we do. We're losing kids, and we're losing them to the local clubs. And the, the biggest pull that the other clubs have is that they've got good ice rinks. So we've, we've got probably the, one of the best setups in terms of the, the new academy that we started with the first team in Scotland to, to start that. So we've got a good programme there. We've got good kids coming in, but they look ahead to the future. And the future for us is we can't play beyond under-16s because the, the governing body won't let us. They say it's too dangerous. So... The long term for them is do they stay at a club that, yes, it's got a good setup just now, but where do we go when we reach that age? So they jump ship a wee bit early and it really, it, it's killing us. It really is killing us. Well, as I look at the position now, uh, you're um, ticking over 2,600 at time of recording and it's it's still going up all the time. So um, oh. that, that's that's great stuff. I mean, what needs to happen, do you think, with, uh, I don't know, the, the local council or that kind of thing? What what can, what can steps are being put in place to, to at least get the dialogue going and, and seeing where, where, where the sport can go to in there? We've actually started the dialogue with the council. Um, myself and the, the vice chairman, Alex Strachan, have had meetings with the, the head, the leader of the, of the South Ayrshire Council. He's outlined plans for um, sport within the air. And at the moment, it doesn't include an ice ring. But they've said they're willing to listen to us. So that's a start. Ideally, we would have liked them to consider it straight away. But we feel as if we've been given a, a kind of brief glimpse of there's a bit of hope there for you if you state your case. So the the petition is certainly going to strengthen that case. Um, if we can get more people talking about it again and get, get the buzz going again, it's going to definitely strengthen our, our chances of getting a new ring. We should, we should say that obviously South Ayrshire Council has said that um, they're, they're keen for residents to get active and, and stay active. The other thing we've not quite covered is the fact that we're talking about ice hockey here, but there's, there's, public, there's a public skating element as well to any facility. Yep. There's, and, and that's where we lose out. And I'm not just talking about ice hockey here because you've also got the figure skating. There's figure skating clubs, there's ice hockey clubs, um, but there's public skating. And the way that people get involved um, and get interested in these sports is by getting on public ice, ice rinks and skating. Just having fun with their friends, having a place to meet uh, on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, somewhere for the families to come and have a day out. And we're missing that, and that's why we're losing a lot of people to, to rinks up in Stevenston, to rinks in Kilmarnock, to Brayhead, where they've got the they've got people interested in air instead of the surrounding areas. So we really we're missing a trick. Air are missing a trick because it's going to attract people to the town. Essentially, it's a, a community hub on ice, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's where a, a lot of memories are made as well. But so even if they don't want to play ice hockey or don't want to figure skating, it's memories. You, people still talk about the days at the Magnum, the old Magnum. 
and how they met. Well, some people meet their future spouses. Um, it's it's just a place to be. It's a great place to be, and it's better than the kids hanging out street corners and causing bother. It gives them a bit of a focus. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I was going to add uh, earlier, I asked you about you know if the if you know optimism is starting to return and all that. But you know what what would it mean if if there was uh, I don't know refurbishment of the current rink or a, a new rink built? Uh, what what would that mean for 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 the Bruins and and the club more generally? I think it would, it would mean a future. At the moment, the future is looking quite bleak. So it's it's going to give ice hockey, the sport of ice hockey, a future in the town. It's going to it's going to maintain the the nostalgia as well, the the history of, of ice hockey there. It's going to be kept there because they'll always have these kids coming and playing ice hockey and, and they'll be able to reflect back to what happened in the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, that kind of thing. We're going to hopefully attract more of the ex-players back. And, so, and 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 when it when it comes to the the more more immediate future, um, you know st- that petition as well. I mean, we we talked about you know how it's impacted on you, but it must have impacted as well on the the, the volunteers and the coaches as well, and and they must have a, a little spring in the step starting to to reappear and, and the clouds lifting if it, you know that level of support being shown by the the wider public. Without a doubt, without a doubt, it's, it's like silence is golden, you know. But it's no golden for us. Silence means that nothing's happening. And now people are talking about it. People from other clubs are talking about it. Um, we're getting messages on a daily basis. Um, emails from people that have got nothing to do with the club but want to help. Um, people like yourself getting in contact with us to, to do these, to do podcasts, to take, to put articles in there. And it's just amazing that all of a sudden everybody's interested in us again. So it's it's a stepping stone for us. It's a platform for us, basically, to push on now and let's see what we can get. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, a, a big thank you uh, for for taking the time out to to come on the show. Uh, just to well, let the listeners you. know, uh, the petition, the link to the petition is in the description to this podcast. So get on there and uh, and get and get everyone in the household signing it. It's uh, obviously it's onwards and upwards uh, for ice hockey in air. And uh, when when we've got an update, Eric, we'll we'll get you back on the show, no problem at all. And uh, best of luck as we head into twenty twenty. That's great. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Air Bruins chairman Eric Young there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And you can follow the Air Bruins on Facebook. Just search for Air Bruins J-I-H-C. And uh, just a reminder, the petition, the link to the petition is available in the description to this podcast. Uh, So if you're not signed already, please do sign and, uh, and share as wide as you can but that's the end uh, for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast uh, remember you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey by visiting the website britishicehockey.co.uk we'll be back next week with uh, a look back at the Continental Cup as well as the Elite Ice Hockey League and the National Ice Hockey League of course a big good luck to Nottingham Panthers this weekend but I've been Ben and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side Make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.